to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. If you have your Bible, get you a pen out and let's mark mark it up a little bit. For some reason I just don't feel like I need to use notes this morning, so <clears throat> we'll see how this goes. Might get you out of here in five minutes. Everybody said Amen. <clears throat> All right. Um Starting in verse 1, it says, It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude's coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria. <clears throat> and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Jedi, however you want to pronounce that in and Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. <clears throat> and said, O Lord God of our fathers, you are... Let me, let me back up. O Lord God of our fathers... I'm losing my place. Are you? There we go. That's right. Are you not God in heaven? I thought he said, you are not God in heaven. I said, we're going to close that up right there. <laughs> are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of nations? And in your hand is, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to his descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. That's the key. For your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. Man, I gotta get a bigger, bigger worded Bible. I wanna stop right there and start with this. Now, and if you look at this, if you ever watch one of them, uh, TV shows where they, where they, whether it was, uh, I don't know, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But you know, most of you ladies like watching them war movies, right? Back in the day, Gladiator. And, uh, and, and you see the armies that are gathering together and how if the, when the camera pans back, it just keeps getting bigger and more and more and more people. And you see everybody standing there with their axes and swords and, and all that kind of stuff that I wouldn't want to be facing. Um, that, that's what you have in this, this scene here when it talks about those people coming against Israel. That would have been <clears throat> what was going on. And I don't believe, hopefully, we won't ever have to face that kind of battle in life but truth is every one of us face life-changing battles most most of the time every day 
it can go from being something small and simple. Uh, it can be a huge battle in life, whether it's a battle with your in your family, or maybe it's with somebody, or maybe it's in your health. Uh, the greatest battle that you face is the battle that goes on over your soul. Um, it can be uh, in a battle of the mind, and one of the one of the biggest battles we fight is the battle for what we're going to do with our life every day, whether or not we're going to live it for the Lord, or whether or not we're just going to waste it. <clears throat> and uh, and so when you look at this passage of scripture, I want to talk to you this morning about how you have victory over battles in your life, because every one of us are going to have battles. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, you know it wasn't all you know. Uh, Roses and, and fairies. It was it was battles that they faced, and so when you, when you look at this, whatever battle it is that you face, there's there's a couple of things I wanted to tell you. Is number one, we we all have the same enemy. All right, we have one enemy. He just manifests himself in a lot of different ways. But you got to realize that you're not wrestling against the Bible says flesh and blood, but we're, we're warring against spiritual wickedness. That Satan and his demons who come against God's people every day. And he tries to control our thoughts and our lives and, and wreak havoc. And, then, and here Israel has their enemy that is coming against them. And, and as I was studying this, in verse 2 it says, Then came some, or, or then some came, and they told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. And so when, when you look at this geographically, well, what, where, the, where this was, was there was a place there where, where the ones who basically yearly raiders who would come through and attack everybody and, uh, no matter what, what crew it was, they would come through and try to take their crops and destroy the people. They would always go this route because this was a low place to where they could come in undetected. And so I thought it was, it was good that the king obviously expected an attack. And they were on the watch for it. So they had someone placed strategically in these areas. So if an enemy came and tried to sneak in, they would have a messenger who would come and go, Hey, I want to warn you that this is coming. I, I want to be that person for you this morning and go, I want to warn you this is coming. And one of the worst things you can do is not to expect that you're going to have an enemy come against you. Because I promise you're going to have him come against you. He's going to come against you in multitudes of ways. He is very creative and he tries everything he can do, but, but, but he's just like, just like the enemy of Israel here. He always wants to sneak in. He always wants to catch you unexpectedly. And if you also notice in verse one, the first few verses there are a verse few word, first few words there it says, it happened after this. We don't have time this morning, but you look back at chapter, Jehoshaphat was a godly king and he was putting Israel and reforming it, putting it in order, doing away with all the false worship. He was leading the people to the Lord. He was listening to the Lord. And so everything was kind of going good. We just had revival this last week. And it was really good, and a lot of you were, were revived and renewing your hearts and renewing your commitments to the Lord. And and uh, maybe maybe it wasn't just revival. Maybe in your life you have a place where right now you go, I'm, I'm good spiritually, or my family is good, and we're doing good, and our marriage is is good, and blah blah blah. After this, you better start watching because that's when your enemy is going to come against you. He's not just going to set aside and let you live a life that brings honor and glory to God. And so as a Christian, you need to, you need to be that person. And, and I also want to say this, as a parent, you need to be that messenger. You need to be one watching for your kids while God gave you those kids so you can say, look, this is coming. 
And you need to tell them before it comes. Don't always wait till it comes and go, okay, now we can fix it. Maybe we can, maybe we can stop it before it gets broken. And when they recognize that they're going to face certain things and they need to recognize where those things are coming from, you know, that you have an enemy and this is how you need to battle this because wisdom is crying out to you and kids, you ought to listen to your parents and listen to godly advice because they know what they're talking about, especially when they're speaking God's word. So when you see a battle come in your life, how do you handle it? The first thing is you see in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat began to seek the Lord. And he called everybody else to seek the Lord. It says, Jehoshaphat feared. He didn't let fear overwhelm him. Okay, this had to be overwhelming. But he said, set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast. He wanted to show God that he was seeking him. And the purpose of the fast was, we're, this is this is the one thing that we're so consumed with. We need God to hear us. And so he said, it's hard. this is not just a, <clears throat> a nonchalant, well, things are getting bad, so we're going to start going to church. That's not seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord is, I'm going to set my heart that I have got to know that God's hearing me, and I need to, more importantly than that, because God hears you, I need to hear God. And I need to know what, what God wants me to do in this situation. So when we set our hearts, seek the Lord, said Judah gathered together in verse 4 to do what? Ask help from the Lord. And you notice that he didn't go, all right, the first thing we need to do is what's logical and reason. Because a lot of times logic and reason, they're good, but they, but they cost us a lot of times seeing God fight our battles for us. He didn't say, well, the logical thing would be to, let's gather up all the men, let's gather up all the weapons, let's get all the chariots that we can possibly get, and let's go out and first, because, you know, people have this theory, well, you do all that you can do first, and then God will take care of the rest. That, that, that's not the theory that you want to go by. What you do is first, you seek the Lord, you listen to what He says, and you do it, and you see God fight your battles. God doesn't need your help, you need God's help. And so they set their heart to seek the Lord, and to seek the help of the Lord. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly, and I won't read that again for time's sake, but the first thing he does is, he begins to cry out to God according to the promises of God, listen to me, that he already knew. A lot of people lose the battle because they don't know God and they don't know the promises. If you was to go to God this morning in your situation, maybe you're in a battle. If you was to approach the Lord in prayer, okay, because the reason that you pray is not because you just believe in God. I believe in God. Believe God is this. I'm going to tell him what I'm asking for, okay? You're petitioning God because you believe God. There's a difference between believing in God. You know, the Bible says the devil believes in God and trembles. But to believe God means I have a knowledge of God because I've heard his word and I know his word and I know his promises. And I also know that he is faithful, that he never lies, that he always keeps his word. And so therefore, I'm going to go to God like Jehoshaphat and I'm going to petition. I'm going to pray to God and go, God, you said. And that's what he does. He's Lord. He starts off with God's sovereignty. God, are you not, you know, God of everything? And who can withstand you? And you're the one who gave us this possession. And now these people are coming against us. And they they want to destroy us. And so, Lord, we're coming to you because you said, you promised us. And you're good. And you're a faithful God that if we come here in this place, notice what he said, in your presence. When you're fighting a battle, you you better get into God's presence. I want to humble myself. Main key thing, one of the key things Steve talked about in the revival, I heard him say, over to humble yourself. I think that is one of the key factors of us winning battles is not for pride to rise up in us and see what we can do, but for us to put away pride, to humble ourselves and go, okay, Lord, this is not about who I am. This is about who you are. 
And Lord, your word said that if I come into your presence when I face disaster or famine or the sword or pestilence or any of these things, and we cry to you that you would hear me and that you would save me. And so, so they just petition God according to the promise. So why is it important you study your Bible? Not so that when somebody says, hey, what are you studying? You got something to talk about. Or so that you can go, okay, I got my check mark. God's happy. God gave us his word so that we would know his promises so that when we face battle, I can go, you know, God, you said that right here, according to your word concerning my marriage or concerning my children, your word says, if I raise up my child, in the admonition of the Lord, and I teach him to fear the Lord, that when he's old, he will not turn or depart from you, God. And I and I believe that, or him or her, either one. And Lord, I claim that, and I pray that, and I can pray things about my marriage, and I can pray things concerning God's promises with my finances. Lord, you said that you would provide. Your word says, I have I have been young, and now I am old. I have yet to see the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread, Lord. And I'm coming to you, not asking you to show me favor because of who I am. I'm just asking you to show me favor because... Because you promised and you're a good God. And so that's the attitude when you seek the Lord. You're coming for God's help and you're seeking the Lord in that. And you know, number one, that God's going to hear you and and save you. Okay? So maybe out in your Bible you need to go, number one, I need to seek the Lord. Okay? That's a little admonition there. Verse 10 says that now here is the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when you came into the land of Egypt, but they turned, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh God, will you not judge? Them, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. And then notice this, but our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you, okay? And then here's a key thing I want you to see in verse 13, parents. It says, now all of Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. You don't just learn how to fight battles, you teach how to fight battles. The greatest gifts that you can give your kids is when... And I'm not saying when you got things going on, kids don't need to know everything. But there are times when you're in a battle in an area of your life and you can, you need to, you need to teach your kids how to fight those battles and you, and you lead your wife, men, into a place to go, you know what? I'm not going to tell y'all I can fix everything as men. We want to fix everything and say, I got it. I'm going to take care of it. Sometime we need to, we need to lead them to say, you know what? I don't know what to do. That's what he said. I don't know what to do in this situation, but I know the one that we can go to who can fix it. And being a man means to humble myself to go, we're going to cry out to Jesus and I want to teach my kids how to, how to fight battles. Okay. And I want to teach them how to respond and that they can walk and they can watch us and they can see us. One of the reasons you bring them to church is not so they can get a lollipop in a children's church, but so they see you and they see that God is real and they see you worship and they see you respond and you carry it the other six days a week into a real life situation. And it's not just a religious thing, but it's something that they see victory. And what's cool is when you when you have some troubles that you can let your kid on and go, this is this is what we're facing. So we're all going to gather together and we're going to pray about this. And we're going to seek the Lord. We're going to see what his word says. We're going to do it. And we're just going to see what God does. And when God does what he will do, then you come back to your place to go, kids. Y'all see that right there? You know, we're walking in victory because of what Jesus just did. He's alive. He's real. And he just fought our battle for us. You know what that does? Later on, when your kid faces those battles, it brings them to the place where God. I saw my mom and daddy do that. And now they said, what I'm going to do. And you see them walk in a life of victory, not in defeat. Now, I'm running out of time. 
So let's get on to verse 14. Then, then, watch this. What happens when we seek the Lord? Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of G-A-L, whatever his name. I didn't name people Joe and Bob. It would have been a whole lot easier. The son of Mattaniah, a Levite, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. God was right up in the midst. Here's the second part I want you to get. First thing, you seek the Lord, verse 15, and he said, listen. Listen, all of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. You see, you carry it beyond prayer. Seeking the Lord begins with prayer. A lot of times where people stop. Well, I prayed. Well, once you pray, you need to listen. Conversation is two-way. You talk to the Lord, and then you be still and listen to what God has to say to you in His Word. A prophet in that day was a, was a person who spoke the Word of God to the people, okay? We have God's Word now. We have it in written, understandable form. So when I'm seeking the Lord, I should look something like this. On my knees, on my face, wherever you want to, with God's Word in my hand, go, Lord, I need direction. Maybe you're a new believer, you go, I don't know where to even start. There's a lot of people... You can call and say, this is what's going on. I need some direction in God's Word. I don't need you to tell me. I need to know where to look in God's Word. I want to hear from the Lord. And so he speaks the Word of the Lord to him. And notice what he says. He said, listen, all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook, where the wilderness of uh, before the wilderness of Jeruel. So you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And so you begin to listen for the Lord. I need to know, because here's the thing, when you find God's word and it says, this is what it says about this situation. There are things we do by faith, but listen to me, the battle's not yours. The battle, the battle is won right here. Where, no matter where you are in life, if you're in a battle right now, you decide once you get to a point to where you've sought God, and you've heard what God said, then you make a decision whether you're going to win or lose the battle right there. Because victory takes place in the heart. What you believe means everything. There's a lot of people who have knowledge isn't going to fight your battle. How you respond to that will, will fight your battle. Because we've counseled, I don't know, maybe 50 million people in their marriage, it seems like. And when you come to marriage counseling or any other kind of counseling, you go, I want to know, you know, when you come, you might go to somebody, when you come to a pastor and a pastor wife, we're going to tell you what God says. That's our job. That's the only thing we have for counseling. Anything outside of that, who cares, all right? But you say, this is what's going on. This is what God's Word says. This is what I would do. If I was you, I would listen to God's Word. At that moment right there, you either have victory or defeat because there's a lot of people who go, they might not say it out loud, but you can see it when they go, I know what it says, but I ain't doing that. That don't make no sense. I would have to own myself. I would have to forgive. I would have to show mercy. I'd have to act like Jesus. Yeah, preacher, I agree with you on that. You understand what I'm saying? And then there are those who go, that's difficult, but the Lord says that I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to do it. Those people just won. That battle, that battle is licked right there. Now they're going to continue to work their way and walk in the victory, just like when the Lord, every time Israel went into battle, He said, I've given you this battle. They still fought the battle, but it was won before because God spoke it and in their heart they believed it. 
Okay? That's what faith is. If you want a picture of the cross, some people make out believing like, oh, boy, believing is just a simple, you know, you gotta add a bunch of stuff to it. When it comes to your salvation, the battle for your soul, if you're here this morning, you're lost, there is a, there is a battle over your soul. But listen to me. Jesus done won the victory. That was the purpose of the cross. He fought the war for us, buried our sins, and rose again. He said, I want you to do what? Work it out. Try to do good works. Go to church. Be baptized. Take the Lord's Supper. Do all these things. Man, if you're good enough and you add the cross to it, then maybe you'll be saved. The Lord said, I've done everything. I want you to believe. I want you to believe. Not believe in God. I want you to believe God. Because here's the thing, when you believe God, it changes everything. Because all of a sudden, the battle, you already have victory in your heart. You're just, the life of a believer should be us just marching into battle in victory already won. And so in that, you have to decide how you're going to respond to God's word. If you choose to go, I don't believe that, then you've lost the battle. I don't care what you do. You can walk out here today and go, I don't believe it. I don't believe the whole, you know, all you have to do is trust in Jesus and be saved. I think you have to do this, 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 this. You can do for the rest of your life. And I promise you this, you've lost the battle. You'll die and go to hell thinking that you did everything that you could do and you can't save yourself. But simply to go, I believe him. I believe what he said. If you died right now and the Lord said, why should I let you in? Some of your answers, I hope not, but some of your answers might be, well, Lord, I... I went to church and I was raised in a godly home and I tried to be a godly person and, you know, I, I gave and I helped people and, you know, I tried to do what was right and I quit doing bad things and started doing good things. Some of you might give that answer. You're out of luck. You understand what I'm saying? Spend the rest of your life sitting in this church building, reading your Bible, singing to the ceiling. But if you don't believe the gospel, you're going to die and go to hell, period. That's what the word of God says. But if you have a response of maybe something like this. You know, David, why should I let you in? You shouldn't. Lord, you shouldn't. But you said that if I humble myself and believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that you love me and died for my sins, you said if I trusted in you, that you would save me. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's all about what you believe in your heart. And the rest of your life is lived out of what you believe. If you want to know what you believe, look at your life. Do I really believe the Bible? Let your life tell you. Am I really saved? Let your life tell you. Because you live out what you believe. The Bible says, as a man believes or thinks in his heart, so is he. Your mouth will deceive you every time. You can say whatever you want to say. But when you look at your life, you're living out what you believe. And then, this is where faith comes in. Okay, It's not an act of faith that saves Or does anything. Your faith is simply living out what you've already believed. Notice this. I want to point out. God didn't appear. They didn't see no sign. No flashing lightning in the sky. No thunder. God didn't speak audibly out loud. God spoke through a prophet. And here's their response in verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground. And all of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, bowed before the Lord. Doing what? Worshiping the Lord. They didn't just keep praying, oh God, they're still coming. And this is amazing to me because here's what happened with them. God spoke, it's over. We've heard God, so now we can worship. It's done because they knew when God says it, it's done. It is over with, okay? And so they begin to worship. And then here's it, here it gets really good. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathats of the children of the, man, Kohor, 
Korahites, them folk. Notice here, they, it stood up to praise the Lord. The God of Israel with a loud voice and high. What did you worship for today? Well, ago, if you sang, what did you sing for? A lot of times what we'll do, we'll sing for what has already happened. We, we come to church looking back. Well, this is a good week, and you know, I saw the Lord here, and, and blah, 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 and I can remember back, and way back a long time ago when I got saved, and I'm gonna worship for that, and I'm gonna give God thanks because He paid my bills this week, and He fed me, you know, blah, 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 and we actually go out, you know, when I eat, whatever. <laughs> worship is not simply worship, part of worship is looking back, but worshiping in faith is looking forward. You remember what it talks about in faith in Hebrews chapter 11? I believe it was, I didn't look it up, but I believe it was Jacob. It said, by faith, he worshipped, leaning upon his staff while he was dying. He wasn't worshipping looking back. He was looking forward to the promise that God had given him. How is it? Think about your battle. Your battle, most of the time, what the devil wants to do is he wants to consume you by keeping your focus on the battle. On the multitude of things coming against me. On the enemy, on the troubles, on the finances, on the marriage, on the family, on all the stuff going on. And consume it. It's not fixing anything. We talk about it. We pray about it. We do all these. There needs to come a time where you hear God go, this battle's over for me. I'm going to rise up and take my... Here's what they did. All of a sudden, they got victory in the heart because they bowed down. Their focus and their conversation was no longer about the enemy. It went to the Lord. Everything in their heart, faith looks to Jesus to go, I know what you're going to do. And that's why you've seen people who have a disease with no cure, with with no good answer from a doctor, and they can stand up and worship and go, I'm praising God for this. How do you, How do you do that? I'm worshiping in faith for the promises he's already given me. I've already got a victory. I can look at death and laugh at it because I've already got a victory. I can look at this situation going on in my family. You know what? God spoke to me. I'm absolutely sure of that. I'm going to believe God. And now I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to walk in worship. I'm fixing to go into this battle because listen to me. Lord just didn't do away. He said, when you go into the battle, they still had to face the enemy. Enemy don't run away. Amen. And it says, so they stood up and they began to praise the Lord. You try this every day. I I started trying this this week, every day. You know what my battle was? Keeping my focus on the Lord. Really, if you want to be honest. One of the biggest battles I got is keeping my focus on the Lord. Like some of you right now, you're thinking about going to eat. Give me five more minutes, okay? Keep your focus. But it is. Because here's the thing. We'll start off. It's easy to wake up in the morning and go, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get focused. I'm going to do a little devo. I'm going to put on my music while I'm riding to work. But then when all that's done and you're at work, then the devil's like, I want your focus back. I want you to think about all your trials and your troubles and all the conflict and everything's going on. And all week I'll be like, all right, I got to come back to a place. I'm going to focus on the Lord. I'm going to worship. God, I want you to have this whole day in my mouth, in my mind, and worship. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody like Gary comes along. He's like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And then you're... You're off in, you're off in la la land. And, and next thing you know, you gotta come back and go, I don't want to think about that. I want to, I want to think about the Lord. And I'm going to focus on the Lord. You'll find yourself battling just to keep your eyes on Jesus. Because the devil knows if I can get your eyes off of Jesus, then I've got your eyes on me. So he says this. Verse 20. So they rose up in the morning and they went out. Notice they're putting action. Not just praying here. They're not just having knowledge. Now all of a sudden they're, they're getting crazy and, and acting upon God's word. 
into the wilderness of Tekoa. And, and I want you I want to point out as I go, this is what faith does. They rose up early. That's an act of faith. The worship they were doing was an act of faith. They went out. That was an act of faith. As they went. The Lord didn't say, hey, I've already killed the enemy. Now go out there and, and spoil them. It was as they went. Remember the lepers that Jesus said when they come and said, Lord, you know, we have leprosy. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. He hadn't healed him yet. But if you look in the New Testament, it said, and as they went, they were healed. Why? Because faith happens as we go. We hear God. We act upon it. God honors that. And then he goes on down and says, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Do what? Believe in the Lord. He didn't say, Sharpen your sword. Get ready, because it's going to be a long day. He said, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, or believe his word, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and we're saying, and you want to talk about an act of faith? We know we want to act like, oh, it's, it's just so difficult to, you know, do this or do that. Here is difficult. Walking into a battlefield with a great multitude of people who want to hack me up with swords. Cut me to pieces. And, and it didn't say he armored, they was armored. It says they went into the battle worshiping. What was they saying? Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. How many of you be? How many of you would be for that? If you had a great multitude out here, going, I'm, I can't wait for those people to come out. We do spiritually. I can't wait for those people to come out of that church because we are going to hack them to pieces. If I stood here, now I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but if I stood here and said I heard the Lord, and He said He's going to destroy our enemy, He wants us to walk out that door and face that crowd worshiping. Some of you will go. This dude done lost his mind. I know what y'all do. Y'all be like. <laughs> I know what's in this crowd. Okay. <laughs> I'll be telling my wife, keep it calm. Keep it calm. <clears throat> and that, but that's what we do in every life, in every battle. If you look at your battles, this, you've got a crowd. Hell's waiting for you to walk outside today. Going, I can't wait for them to come. And what we do is we want to pull out whatever it is we've got to go. I've got my answer for this. You know what your answer is? The weapons of worship. The Bible said, I want you, I want you to, I want you to do what is not common. I want you to fix your eyes upon, we're just gonna focus on, we're gonna walk right out in the midst of this barbaric multitude who is fixing to hack us pieces, and we'll worship God. And then verse 22. Notice what it says. Now when they, if you don't underline anything else, underline that. Now when they begin to sing and to praise, what happened? The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Seir who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. God turned them against each other, and a war took place right there among them. <laughs> this, is this, this is the scene. Here you got Israel up here. They're walking into the field going, what was they saying? Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Man, wouldn't it have been awesome to be there in that crowd? Just shouting, man. They had multitudes of them going, praise the Lord, for His mercy endures. And all, while they're praising the Lord, what happened? God just turned the hearts of the enemies against each other, and they destroyed themselves. Israel never had to fight a lick. They never swung a sword. So what did they do? If you'll keep reading, I'm not going to read for time's sake. They just went in and spoiled them. 
for three days, they just got all the goods off the enemy. And then what God said, blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. He said, I'm going to fight your battles. And then I'm going to give you the rewards that they thought they was going to come against you. Lord said, if you will focus on me, life is not that difficult. It is difficult, but it's, if we could do this, it gets a lot less difficult. When you got those coworkers who are coming against you, when you got those people who are trying to stir up, when you got those kids at school that are attacking your kids, when you got all these temptations and the devil's doing all that, you're like, Lord, even, even though it's difficult, I'm going to set my heart to worship you today. It doesn't say, I'm going to pray. It said, as they begin to sing and praise. We can say, oh, I know it. I agree with you and all that. But will you sing and praise is the question. Will you go out this week and go, I'm going to sing to the Lord out loud. And I'm going to praise. And I'm going to keep my eyes fixed upon you. Because this quiet worship, I'm done. This quiet worship, here's what happens. I'm just going to be quiet. You know what happens? All of a sudden, it is, the devil just takes over. But you try to think about something while you're, while you're keeping your eyes on the Lord and you begin to sing and you praise and you speak out loud the promises of God's word and you give him glory. Do it all day. You know what I'm saying. Some of us have a job where that's not going to go over too well, but you can sing. You sing your breath. And I know you got to think about your job. But I am, and everything else going on, but, but you can give your heart to the Lord and you can focus on Him, and it's going to take care of your battles. If you're here this morning, I do want to emphasize this. The battle for your soul is going on right now. And Jesus is your only hope of victory. He's already given you the opportunity to victory. What do I need to do? Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. Because He defeated your enemy for you. And if you'll trust in Jesus, he'll save your soul, give you life, and you've got every reason to worship. Hope that helps you. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Lord, love you and just thank you for this opportunity to to look in your word, God, for you to speak to our hearts and to give us direction and wisdom. And Lord, pray it wouldn't just be a, a sermon. Something that we uh, listen to for a minute and that we forget. Lord, I pray that every heart would set to seek you. Lord, that we'd listen to you when you speak. And God, we'd, we'd have a week this week to where it's just a week of worship. Lord, even in times where we look and, 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 and we're surrounded by a multitude of our enemies. And in dark darkness, God. We turn our eyes upon you and on the light and you would deliver us and give us the victory that you died to give us. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. No matter what we face, Lord, your word says that the trials and the troubles we have in this life not even worthy to mention when we set our eyes upon your goodness and your glory. Lord, don't let the devil rob you of that glory. But God, we be a people who our hearts are set to praise you even when times are difficult. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.